Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Signs. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Welcome back. I just realized all these topics are kind of controversial. Today we're going to be talking about mental health and medication. So before we get into things, let's talk about depression. The National Institute of Mental Health describes it as a serious mood disorder that lasts for two weeks or more. A serious mood disorder can manifest in many ways. Depression can feel like an attack on the inside. It's an intense experience that can hold you prisoner. I honestly find myself falling into spurts of depression, and what works for me is I give myself three days to lay in this abyss of misery and sorrow and sadness. Three days. That is all. And then I have to move my body in some form or do something that brings me joy. And I understand while you're in these moods, nothing brings you joy, but I promise you, start doing something, anything. I give myself three days because I want to allow myself to feel my emotions and hear my thoughts and to process them. And then I want to see if I can get back in touch with my body. On the third day, that is the turning point where it's like, I have to look at myself and be my best friend and say, Megan, it's time to get up. This isn't who you are. You aren't serving yourself any purpose staying in the state. So let's move. Whether it's walking to my front door and back, but I find that once I'm up and moving, it's life-changing because what's actually happening in my body has gone into a sympathetic, aka free state. This is autonomic and involuntary. It's not about willpower or being a lazy, depressed person. When our body goes into freeze, our sympathetic nervous system doesn't allow us to push through, and instead the body goes into a hibernation state. So in the freeze state, our body is observing energy to survive the threat. In freeze, we can feel like completely exhausted or drained. Even after like plenty of sleep, we feel a lack of motivation. We feel immobilized and detached from our body. So our thoughts of hopelessness or self-shaming keep us locked in the cycle because we feel more threatened and in danger. So here's how you get out of the free state, which is kind of how I explained earlier in my own situation. Number one, identify that your body is in a freeze state. So rather than narratives about being lazy, identify that your body is in a threat state attempting to protect you. Number two is focus on bottom-up practices, which will slowly help the body get out of the freeze. So walking, like I mentioned earlier, is the easiest and most accessible. Deep belly breathing and ground exercises can also help. And number three is set yourself up to thaw. Getting out of the freeze means setting yourself up to slowly widen your nervous system window of tolerance. So give yourself small tasks that don't require much effort and slowly complete them. Now I want to get into the stigma around mental illness and medication. Different treatments work for different people, but from my own personal experience and from a holistic point of view, I truly don't think medicine is necessary in most situations. However, if there is a point you need to take it, then you're not a failure. Sometimes our chemicals need help and that's okay. I'm going to use ADHD because that's just the easiest way to explain it. 
what happens is neurotypicals are at a baseline, let's say above your hair, because you can't visually see me. So put your hand above your hair. Whereas people with ADHD are at a baseline near your chin. This is to identify the gap. What happens is medication closes the gap and allows us to potentially feel more like a normal person or a neurotypical person would feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. They just have a brain chemistry difference that other people don't have. The stigmas around medication are very real, and I believe they come about because medicine itself is a horrible industry. It's all about making money, and psychologists are continuously trying to up the doses without properly assessing the client. I also don't agree with the DSM-5, and if you aren't familiar, this is a book that psychologists have to use to diagnose clients. Doctors just prescribe a medicine instead of looking at the entire complexity of the body. I remember I took an entry-level psychology course in college. We had a list of fake clients, and we had to diagnose them only using the DSM-5. And this is when I knew I was not meant to be a psychologist. I saw nothing wrong with the clients because I was looking at it from what I now know as a holistic approach. So isn't it crazy how the universe works? It guides you to exactly what you're meant to do. I can't tell you how many times I've seen clients and they almost always have a story from childhood about how they were forced into therapy and put on anxiety meds or antidepressant meds instead of being listened to. The purpose of medicine is actually far greater than how much money it can make. And when the stigma is taken away, then it can be quite beautiful. Now, some of these drugs pump up more serotonin while newer drugs include epinephrine. But are these chemicals actually doing anything or is it the placebo effect? A core feature of depression is hopelessness. So one of the things that they're hopeless about is never getting better they could think, oh, there's this new medicine coming out and I want to try it and maybe that'll work because nothing else has worked in the past. Drug companies don't have to publish all of their studies, especially the side effect studies. And a 2024 study actually backed this up. It looked at more than 100 trials of antidepressants and compared to the number of side effects in the published and unpublished documents, on average, the drug companies left out more than 40% of the side effects from their published studies. This makes the risk high and the benefits very low. The placebo effect was studied by Professor Irving Kirsch. He noticed that people got better when they were taking the medicine as well as when they took the placebo. So they were pretty much the same. So this is telling you that it doesn't matter whether you're on medicine or not. So to him, this was like a real breakthrough, but his colleagues didn't believe this. The truth is we have no idea what these drugs are doing. Irving published many papers about perceiving the placebo effect as an effective treatment. He found that not even the most severe depressed patients showed that much of a difference between the actual medicine and the placebo. So these medicines have a lot of side effects. A study found that more than 30 to 50% of adults had some kind of sexual problem. Also, holistic psychologist Nicole Pera, which I love, mentioned in her book, How to Do the Work, using the same theory on the placebo effect. This guy actually died because his doctor told him he had cancer and he had three months to live. Well, the doctor falsely diagnosed him and he actually didn't have cancer. It was for a placebo study. I don't remember the actual thing. This is just what I remember from it. Maybe I have to read the book. It's in the very beginning. But this guy died a month later or a few months later because it was like so ingrained in his mind that he was going to die. He mentally put that in his mind. And so then his mind altered 
And it literally was the placebo effect. Like he really thought he had cancer and that is how powerful the mind can be. And this is where I wish that plant medicine was just as accessible. I just discovered Ebogayan that treats addiction, trauma, and more. And I have worked years with people who have addiction or have gone through trauma. And this has never been mentioned. I didn't even know about it until like the other day. And I was mind blown. It's indigenous to West Africa and it has powerful psychoactive effects, which can last for days. A single treatment can eradicate addiction completely with little to no withdrawal symptoms. This could be life-changing. So this is something no medical treatment or drug has been able to replicate to date. And now biotech companies are trying to isolate the primary compound of the plant and are pushing hard for FDA approval. If successful, this compound could cure literally millions, but it would severely disrupt the multi-million dollar opioid market, of course. So that's just the downfall. These treatments should be covered by insurance policies, but they are deemed as not fully scientific. I just think it's really sad that the access to alternative medicine is a privilege considering the effectiveness of it. And I hope you know from this episode that you're not alone if you take medicine and it doesn't need to be stigmatized. You're not a failure. I just ask that you truly think about what's going into your body and how it's affecting you and to not fall into the stereotypical westernized medicine society by just doing what everyone else does and taking medicine because your doctor said so. Like you run your own body and you're in charge of it at the end of the day. So I just encourage you to research and figure out what works best for your body. Thank you so much for joining me. Can't wait to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at HealWithMegan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.